Buenos dias, buenos dias, buenos dias. Welcome to today's Mayito Minute. In case you missed it, next Sunday, less than a week from today, the Tennessee Titans will be playing in the AFC Championship game versus the Kansas City Chiefs. This isn't what I thought the matchup was going to be. I thought the matchup was going to be somebody versus the Baltimore Ravens. Honestly, didn't really matter who it was. I just figured that the Baltimore Ravens would be there. A team that has played extremely well this entire season. And thanks in large part to Lamar Jackson, who has had an unbelievable season. Uh, He has, I think he's probably surpassed expectations that people had of him. I think coming out of college, folks thought he was going to be good, but I'm not necessarily sure that they thought he was going to be this good. Uh, I believe he rushed for over 1,200 yards in the regular season, which was an NFL record. Um, Yeah, he's just been unreal, um, pretty much uncontainable, um, and has really pumped life into that offense and made that offense one of the best offenses in the NFL. So to me, they make the playoffs. They are the number one seed. And, uh, you know, Tennessee had pulled off, uh, I would consider it an upset, beating the New England Patriots in New England. But I thought to myself, well, they're about to run into a buzzsaw with Baltimore because they've got to play, you know, the Ravens in Baltimore because they had home field advantage as a number one seed. And I thought to myself, this is pretty much a done deal. Well, I'm going to be honest before I, before I jump into this, I didn't watch the entire game on Sunday. Okay. So I'm not one of those guys. I just, I I don't have the time to sit on the couch and watch eight hours worth of football. Uh, but I was in and out and I was kind of following what was happening, you know, in between doing different things, odds and ends, playing with kids, getting the house in order, all that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, Tennessee won, uh, and, and and Tennessee won handedly, in my opinion. Uh, I didn't think it was that close of a game. Now, all eyes, it's Monday. You've heard of the Monday morning quarterback. All eyes are on Lamar Jackson. I mean, I th- I think they only scored 10 points. That's not a lot of points. And that's a direct reflection of the productivity of that offense. 10 points. Well, you've got the guy that's the captain of the ship, Lamar Jackson, who was the MVP or was he not MVP? This goes to show you how much sports I follow, guys, but I get enough, right? Um, You know, one of the best players in the league, we'll just say that if he didn't win the MVP. And we're looking at him as the guy that, you know, is in charge of the offense and going, dude, what's up? Like, what happened? Like all of a sudden, by the way, pet peeve of mine, all of a sudden everybody's jumping on Lamar Jackson's back. We weren't during the regular season when it looked like he can walk on water. He's this amazing player. And then he goes and he has a performance that was clearly subpar, sub the standard that we had expected for him. And all of a sudden everybody's jumping on him. So if you're one of those and you're listening to this podcast, chill out, like back off the guy. And let me give you the reason why. Let's jump into the meat of the podcast for today because he's new. He had never been to the playoffs. This was the first game that he had ever played in the playoffs. And so what we saw 
was, you know, what a lot of folks will say, a lot of experts will say is we saw the pressure get to Lamar Jackson. He threw an interception early. Things just kind of got off to a bad start early and it looked like he just wasn't able to right the ship. But what I want to focus on is the pressure got to Lamar Jackson. Now, let me run through some things that I that I know. I don't know a lot about football, but let me run through some things that I do know. This was a traditional football game, was it not? This game was played in a stadium, just like all other regular season games. Uh, there were a certain amount of players on the field that didn't change like the regular season games. Um, guys had to wear helmets like in regular season games and the, the, the game was four quarters and the quarters were the same amount of time as the regular season games. And there was offense and there was defense involved like the regular season games. And you guys get where I'm going, right? It was a football game in the National Football League, in the NFL. It was a normal game, just like all of the other games that were played in the regular season, just like the games that were played in the preseason. Normal football game. I'm assuming the guys got dressed the way that they normally did, in a locker room, the way that they normally do. They walked out the way that they normally do. The players didn't run faster than they normally do. And the players didn't play better than they normally do. Like everything was, the preparation was the, the preparation that it normally was. The pressure didn't come from outside. The pressure didn't somehow just build on the outside of Lamar Jackson somewhere out there in the external environment and it didn't somehow penetrate Lamar Jackson and get into Lamar Jackson to where all of a sudden he wasn't able to play to his normal capacities and abilities. No, that didn't happen. That is a myth. That is something that we like to throw around. Like nobody did anything different to Lamar Jackson. Now, Lamar Jackson did things differently to Lamar Jackson. And what I mean by that is one play that stands out in particular was he threw an interception and he was clearly rattled. He, he clearly let it get to him. Now, notice I said he let the interception get to him. Now, whoa, wait a minute, because Mario, didn't you just say, yeah, let me back up. He... Through an interception, for whatever reason, it was his mechanics. He and the wide receiver, you know, miscommunicated on the route. The, the defensive back made a great play and was able to read it. Um, you know, the defensive coordinator was able to dial up the right scheme. What, whatever the reason was for that, he threw an interception. That was his action. The ball came out of his hand and, and the ball was intercepted. Now, what he chose to do with that moment and that play that occurred that's the quote-unquote pressure getting to him. What did he think? What was his perception of that event? What was it going to lead to? What did it mean for his team? Why was it that particular play that was so important to him and that was so critical that allowed him to, you know, get emotionally involved and entangled in this thing? 
So the pressure didn't get to Lamar Jackson. I mean, a very easy quote that you can put in your back pocket and carry around with you is pressure is an inside job. It's an inside job. This was a normal football game. Now, I know you lose this game and your season is over. You win this game and you get to play to see if you can win the, you know, AFC, the, your conference. Like, like, I get it. Like, there were some subtle differences. And I'm calling them subtle. Yes, I am. They're not huge changes. Because the fact of the matter is, is that the, the outcome is still decided on the football field, which we've had several repetitions during the regular season and the preseason to, to do. And then even taking it back further, Lamar Jackson had a collegiate career where he probably played in some quote-unquote bigger games where there was quote-unquote more pressure. I mean, we, he's done this before. He's been there before. So sure, you know, did the defensive coordinators decide, you know, on the other side of the ball for Tennessee, did they decide to throw some new looks at Lamar Jackson and dial up some new defensive schemes and so on and so forth? I mean, yeah, possible. It's possible. So I know that some people would argue and say, Mario, no, man, it, listen, dude, it's different. I mean, it, it is different. I mean, they might have confused him. He might have not known what was going on. I, I get it. I'll give you that. But. Was Lamar Jackson never faced with? Did he always know what was going on? Have there not, has there not been a defensive coordinator the entire season trying to slow him down? Has it not been a, hey, we'd really like to win this next game. We really don't want to lose this next game. I know our season isn't over if we lose this next game, but we'd really like to win it. I mean, hasn't the expectation been to win the game that you're, that you're playing that particular week? Hasn't it been the same expectation the entire season, the same goal? So when we really boil it down, it really wasn't any different. But you can't. You can't shortcut repetitions, can you? You can't shortcut experience, can you? I mean, we've got on the other side of the ball, Tennessee Titans quarterback, guy named Ryan Tannehill, a guy that has had some moments where he's looked really good. And by the way, he played for my team, the Miami Dolphins. And a lot of people are upset about, you know, look at Tannehill now. Like, why couldn't he do that when he was on Miami? I'm just going to go ahead and insert this. I think that's a great example of sometimes you fit in certain places and sometimes you don't. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, by the way. I mean, when you're playing for an organization, you've got to jive with the head coach, your offensive coordinator, you know, your staff, your, the players around you. Like you, sometimes it works, sometimes it wasn't. It's clearly, obviously, working for Tannehill in Tennessee, and it's and it didn't work for Tannehill as well in Miami for whatever reason. But let's look at Ryan Tannehill. He's been around. He's played a lot of football games in the NFL. I think he's played in the playoffs before. But he's a guy that has been around and he's played and he's realized that all of the games kind of pretty much are the same, aren't they? 
And then there's another thing. He's, I would say he's hardened. I would say he's had some ups and downs in his career. Um, he's had some moments where he's struggled mightily. He's had some moments, I think, where he lost his starting job. You know, he's obviously been traded a couple of times and played for a few different teams. And to his credit, Lamar Jackson has been nothing but spectacular pretty much his entire NFL career, the short NFL career that he's had, but he hasn't had those moments yet. So experience, repetitions, that's, that's the name of it. That's what it really comes down to. So the pressure didn't get to him. He put pressure on that stove inside of himself and he turned on the pot. And he allowed the temperature to continue to rise on that pressure until it boiled over. And then when it boiled over, we didn't see the true Lamar Jackson. But I'm confident that, you know what? He needed that repetition. He needed that football game in order to get better if he sees it that way. If he sees this as an experience that will help him to get better and to improve. I'm going to tie this to something else that I saw on the socials. Yesterday, for those of you that are into bicycle racing, specifically the North American scene, specifically the Criterium scene, the USA Crits series scene, Justin Williams put out a, a picture on Instagram and the caption was, was great. He said, I've been doing Criteriums two to three times per week since I was 14 years old under some great you know, mentors and, and he named off who the guys were. I can't remember who they were, but he, he mentioned that. And then because I love studying people, I said, you know what? I'm going to do a quick little experiment. I said, I'm going to, I jumped onto USA cycling. I saw, I stalked Justin Williams. I looked up his age. He's 31 years old. And then I said, okay, let's do some quick math here. Justin Williams just said he does two to three criteriums per week every year since he was 14. So I said, okay, I'm going to take the low number, two. So he said two to three crits per week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it down to two. And I'm not going to put every week, 52 weeks a year, because I don't think that's realistic. I said, I'm going to narrow it down to 30, about half of the year, a little more than half of the year. So 30 criteriums. Uh, 30 weeks, right? Doing two to three. So that's 60 criteriums per year. And he's been doing it since he was 14 and he's 31. So when we take that 60 and we multiply it times 16 years, we get 960 criteriums that Justin Williams has done. Now, give or take a couple, right? A dozen, whatever. Still a lot. People look at Justin Williams and they always throw his hat in there as he's currently one of the best criterium racers in the country. I agree. But people want to think it's something else. Folks, he's done 960 criteriums to this point in his life. If you're a racer, here's a fun experiment. If you're into criterium racing, go add up how many you've done. I know that I probably don't break 200. He's 700 criteriums more experienced than I am. And all that to say, 
The common refrain from folks is, I'm not good at, I'm not a good criterium racer. I may be good at road races, but I'm not good at criteriums. I'm not talking about Justin Williams' genetic ability. I'm not talking about his VO2 max. I'm not talking about his max wattage when he sprints. I'm talking about the fact that that guy's done 960 criteriums in his career, and that's a lot. He's learned a lot. He's able to process things probably during a criterium that many of us aren't even thinking about. That's pretty cool. But I don't want us to focus on Justin Williams. Here's what I want us to focus on. Lamar Jackson, same thing. I want us to focus on the fact that get your, hand, get your hands dirty. Get your feet wet. Go look for experiences. Go look for opportunities to do the things that you feel that you need to do to be successful and achieve your goals. Go towards those opportunities. Don't run away from them. You see, it's funny, I hear from a lot of people, I'm not a good criterium racer, and then there's a local criterium that we can sign up for and we don't go do it, because I'm not a good criterium racer. How are you going to become one if you run from them every time there's an opportunity to do them because you say you're not good at them? Go do them and, okay, do them poorly. Have a Lamar Jackson type playoff outing. It's all right. I guarantee you with the right mindset and the right perspective, Lamar Jackson's probably going to be pretty successful in his playoff career if his team is good enough to make the playoffs and if he uses his experience the way that he, I know that he can. Same thing with us. Plug into the criteriums. Plug into whatever other thing it is. And if you use those experiences properly, you're going to see that you're going to begin getting better at those type of experiences and events. And it isn't because you're talented. I hope that that's encouraging. I place that before us as we look to continue to be the best version of ourselves. Folks, I hope your week gets off to a great start. Have a great day. I'm going to end with this tractor beam. I did a podcast called tractor beam and I said that I was going to reference this throughout the year. The idea of getting pulled into by a tractor beam, like in the old sci-fi movies, getting pulled into and, and having that momentum be created for us to where we begin to run hard towards the things that we want to achieve, specifically in the year 2020. So are you allowing that tractor beam to get a hold of you? Albeit it's a weak type of hold at first, but it gets stronger over time. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go check out the episode. It's called Tractor Beam. It's in here, along with a lot of other great stuff that you can also throw some earbuds into your ears and check out. I hope that this stuff is helping you out. All right, folks, I'm out. Till next time.